0: Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the states as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Well, how is everybody feeling on the last night? Are you guys ready to get into this? I'm ready to bring it, so I hope you're ready. Um, First of all, I just want to thank Waves for allowing me to come back again. Last year, like Caroline said, was my first year here at Waves, and I did a breakout session in This year, um, she asked me to come back and be the main speaker for tonight, and, you know, I was thrilled. I was just like, God, you are doing a work, and um, I'm so excited for Waves and where they're going and what they're doing and how you guys are coming to these conferences every year and partnering with them. It is awesome. So I'm so thankful to be here, and I did tell Caroline, before we get into this tonight, you guys have probably seen some of the merchandise Um, at the Hope Table, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that because it's not just merch. It is actually going globally all around the world, and really that was never my intent. Um, Honestly, my intent for the merch was just to kind of create something just for you guys um, here. And so long story short, if you guys have seen these little buttons that say Hope back there, um, the Lord kind of put it on my heart to just do this like Caroline said called there is hope and I'm gonna talk about that in the message but really these buttons are like I said it was the intent for you guys to purchase something but it's not just a message of hope these buttons are designed not just for us to buy or us to wear but I want to encourage you that if you go back to the merch table after the session tonight to buy a couple of them just for the simple fact of My goal is to communicate a message of hope wherever I go. And um, like I said, I don't believe that I'm just the only messenger to communicate this. I believe you guys have an impact in communicating that same message. And so these buttons, um, about a month ago, the Lord put it on my heart to follow a certain um, nonprofit organization in Dallas, Texas. And we began following them, and, you know, the Lord said, Hope, I want you to sow seed into this ministry um, because this ministry was about helping girls in Dallas, Texas area um, who had been exploited and basically rescued from human sex trafficking. And they are building an actual safe home as we speak um, for this organization. And so I was like, okay, God. And he said, I want you to sew a sacrifice through the buttons. And I was like, what? And so anyway, he said, I want you to take these buttons and I want you to sew 250 of these buttons with your card on it talking about what it is that you communicate and give it to this organization. But the cool part of this organization was it was a box that people were subscribing to all around the world Um, and it was an expensive box. It was like several hundred dollars worth and all the proceeds of the box are donated in the box, but they all go to help building this safe house for these girls, for these women in Dallas, Texas. And so really, I kind of went on a long shot. These people don't have a clue who I am. And so I was like, send them in my information. I said, look, the Lord just put this on my heart for me to sew 250 buttons to you guys um, in in your box. If you want it, great. If not, great. Just keep all 250, whatever you want to do with it. So they contacted me back, and they are putting them in the boxes. And so I want to encourage you that wherever you go to spread this message of hope, it's more than just a button. It's more than just a decal or a shirt or whatever it is, a hat, you know, whatever that looks like, but it is actually changing lives. Um, Just real quick, another part of the button was I just found out that they are going where I live locally in Mississippi. They're actually going in the hospitals and in abortion clinics as we speak. Um, People have just latched on to this whole spreading the message of hope by giving these buttons out. And it's a great communication tool just to reach people for Christ. Like Caroline said, it's making waves. It's going out there and doing what God is asking us to do and sharing our faith. So if you're interested in any of that and you say, you know, I kind of want to partner with that and get involved with that. We would love to have you back there. You can go back there. And I'd love to meet and greet with you, snap a photo or whatever your heart's desire is for that. Um, When I was praying about tonight's message, you know, um, like Caroline said, and she kind of opened up with it, I was like, God, what is it that people, not just women, not just young girls need to hear, but what is it that we all ask a similar question? Everybody asks this question in their life. And maybe you're asking this question currently in your life, whether you're 35 or you're 15 or 16, whatever it is, whatever grade and age and stage that you are in your life, and you're asking the question, what is God calling me to do with my life? You know, I grew up as a PK, a preacher's kid, and really I can say that was not really a fun life for me. Um, Maybe you're a preacher's kid in here, or maybe you know of preacher's kids. Um, I come from a well-known family with preachers um, just in ministry, and my dad was a, a pretty popular among word of faith um, kind of preachers and so you know my parents had this expectation for me on how I was supposed to look, dress, act as a Christian, as a PK and present myself um, wherever we went and so I grew up knowing all the right things to say, all the right things to do you know how to kind of trick people if you will like I can do this you know Christianity thing but deep down inside, really, there was another part of me that we all have, and it's your flesh, right? And so we're, we're all human, and we all battle with different things in our lives. And I can remember it was my senior year of high school. We got any seniors in the house tonight? No seniors in here? Okay, we got like five seniors. Awesome. So I remember my senior year of high school, And you always get this question as a senior. You know, they're going to ask you two questions. They're going to say, what college are you going to go to? And what are you going to do with your life? And really, I was like, I don't even know. Like, you know, I'm just trying to make it to 12th grade and graduate and just live life the best that I know how to please my parents and do whatever it is that I need to do while I'm living in their house. And so really my dad, he, you know, being a preacher, he was like, Hope, you got two choices here. He said, you can either go to Bible college or you can go to a four-year university locally so we can kind of keep our eye on you. And so I was like, yeah, I really don't like studying. Like, that's just not for me, God. Like, we're not going to do the whole studying thing. And so I was like, well, that's easy, God. And, you know, like, I'm I'm just not going to go to college. We're going to go to Bible school, which was several states away. Mind you, I'm 18 years old, just turned 18. And so there began the journey. Two months later, I moved out for the first time on my own to Oklahoma, several states away, to go to Bible school. And it wasn't where God just spoke to me and said, Hope, you are called to do something great with your life. Hope, I've created you in this moment to go to Bible school and to tell other people about Jesus and live your life for Jesus. It wasn't that at all. It was like, I just don't like studying. We're going to Bible school. And so I went to Bible school. And can I just say that when I stepped out there on my own, away from all the familiarity, away from my comfort zone, away from everything that I knew and could control, began to be out of my control. When I was in Bible school, I did not live how I should have lived. I actually probably should have been kicked out. Um, But the school had mercy, and they had grace, and they allowed me to stay um, within that first year. But I'm not here to preach to you about Bible school. What I am here to communicate to you is as you're asking yourself that question, what am I to do with my life? What is it that God has given me a reason to live on this earth And what does he want me to do? Where does he want me to go? What is the direction I need to go in? Do I go to college or do I not go to college? Am I a doctor? Am I a nurse? Am I a preacher? You know, whatever that looks like, we all ask that question. And I remember a scripture that kind of rose up in my heart one day, and God said, you are here to seek and save the lost, just as I am here to seek and save the lost. And I thought, wow, like, how am I gonna do that like that's a loaded question and who wants that kind of pressure and the Lord really dealt with me about that and he said hope you know it's not about you it's not about what you want to do in your life because honestly if we're all honest in our lives we've all experienced loss we've all experienced maybe a loss of a loved one or loss of a parent or loss of a job or maybe we were given this amazing opportunity in life to find out that because we didn't take the opportunity, it's lost. Maybe you're in here and you've lost, you know, through different conversations in a relationship or maybe you're in here today and you said, Hope, I've lost my joy, I've lost my peace, I've lost my reason for actually living and wanting to do whatever it is that God's asking me to do. You know, I was in that same state. I was in that same point. And actually, there were several points in my life along this journey when I moved out of my house where I was terrified and excited at the same time. How is that possible, right? Like, we're like, we want to embrace this new journey. We want to really dig deep and find out who we really are and what God is wanting to do and where he is wanting to take us. And we're excited about it, but we're also terrified and thinking, how in the heck is this going to happen? And so on this journey, little did I know that I would begin to experience tremendous loss. I would begin to experience a lot of shame, a lot of regret, a lot of hurt, a lot of disappointment through all the excitement as well. And so I want to read this scripture to you in John 16 33. This is Jesus speaking here. And he says, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Has anybody out there ever had a trial? You've ever had sorrow? You've ever had loss or rejection or disappointment or letdown? Pretty much all of us in here. And he said, But take heart, be brave, be courageous. Because I have already overcome it. And through this journey of life, where all these different emotions I was experiencing, things that I was going through, I guess you could say, I lost my hope. In fact, I would go as far to say, not only did I actually lose my hope, but I felt like my hope died. I felt like, how can I ever do what God is calling me to do based on the loss. The shame, the regret, the disappointment, all these emotions that I was experiencing, I was like, I never, ever want to do what God is telling me to do because of what I've lost. But yet Jesus still promises, I've come to seek and save the lost, regardless of what it is. And so as I begin to go on this journey, at 16 years old, I'll kind of back up. 16 years old, and this is through a process of loss, 16, I actually had a blood transfusion. And so I, long story short, was in the mountains, it wasn't looking good, things in my female body were not operating, they've never operated at all how they should. And so got up in the mountains on a high slope, was not really feeling right, feeling very fatigued. My friends that were with me at the time were like, girl, you're looking kind of pale. Like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. Something's wrong. And so made it to the end of the mountain. When we got to the end, the bottom of the mountain, there was a pool of blood everywhere. Like, everywhere. Went in the bathroom, and I'm not going to go into any more graphic details. It was horrific. Needless to say, I was rushed to the Denver hospital um, through an ambulance and all that kind of stuff. And we get in there in the hospital, and they're basically like, Hope, you're going to die. The doctors, I'm hearing this, I barely can function, my family's not there, my friends aren't in there. I'm alone in this hospital room hearing these doctors say all this, and they're like, there is no hope for you. Like you're going to die unless in the next 24 hours you get a blood transfusion. It was in that moment that I thought my hope died. Then at 18 years old, as I moved to Bible school, first time out on my own, living life, doing whatever I wanted to do, Went home every night with shame, went home every night with regret, went home every night with that question, what if my parents really knew who I was and what I was doing? Not only would I be a disgrace to my father's name and his legacy and his ministry and my mother's name and ministry, but they would probably disown me. And every night finding myself in the midst of all that loss and shame and hurt and regret and disappointment... I would go back to my room, look at myself in the mirror and say, Hope, who are you? You've lost yourself. You don't even know who you are anymore. In those times, it was like my hope died. And then at 20 years old, I'm actually doing what God's calling me to do. I've been restored. I've been set free. God has come through. I'm about a month away to graduate from Bible college, and I get a phone call with a voice message telling me, my father has passed away of a heart attack unexpectedly. My hope died that day. At 24 years old, I had been a couple months and life was good. We were both working at our local church, doing what God was asking us to do, helping our our pastor, in whatever capacity he was asking us to do, we were willing to stick by him and and work through whatever we could to help him do what God was calling him to do. And at 26 years old, I went in and I was like, hey, we wanna start a family, right? Like that's kind of the process. You go to middle school and junior high and high school and college and probably find the one some point in time and you get married and then after that, you're gonna get a kid. And then the next question is, when's your next kid? And then the next question is, hey, when's your next kid? it just keeps going on and on and I can remember wanting to have children and so we had this uh, discussion like now we think is the perfect time to have kids and so we're like okay so we went to my um, OB doctor basically and he's like Hope you can't have kids and I was like what I can't have kids and he's like through all the difficulties you've had your whole life with how your body's supposed to operate and carry a child and through the blood transfusion it's just not possible. In fact, it's a 99% chance that you will ever ever be able to get pregnant and have any children. I went back home that day and I was looking in my husband's eyes and I said, "You know, maybe we're not supposed to have kids." My hope died that day. At 27 years old, there were some other challenges that I was kind of faced with and little kind of fast forward through all that, I ended up having my first child at 30 years old. Yes, it's awesome. (laughs) Had my first son, there was a few complications that went along with that, but I didn't feel in that moment that my hope had died. Then I had two more sons, completely unexpected, so now I have three children, three boys. Um, Yeah, we can shout about that. God's good. And then at 36 years old, it seems like life is kind of, you know, moving pretty steady. Things are good. Things aren't experiencing a whole lot of pain, regret, loss, disappointment, that kind of thing. At 37, there was a person that was very dear and near to my heart. And I witnessed them going through of knowing Christ, loving Christ, doing amazing things for Jesus. And they just kind of hit this dead end. And it crushed me because they were so near and dear to my heart. In fact, they actually, I watched them and actually walked them into a treatment center. I found out that they were addicted to medication. And they had been abusing it for months, almost up to a year. I actually walked in and saw them laying on the ground after I got no response. And I thought, how can this be? Like, they know God. They they have lived and breathed the very message of Jesus, and I've seen God move and touch their life. How could they find themselves in this state? My hope died that day. Then at 37, also around that same time, as that was going on, My youngest son, his name is Jagger, he would have been two at this time. There was a state where at two years old, they or before he was actually two, they had noticed on the sonogram right before he would be born that his kidneys were not functioning the way that they need to. That was news to me because the other two boys that I had had, you know, they like to keep boys in there a little bit longer because of their lung development and their kidney development is what they tell you. And so, you know, when they delivered this disappointing news to me that he was going to have some dilation in his kidney, I was heartbroken. I didn't know what to do. I was asking God, why? Why is this happening to me? Haven't I gone through enough loss, enough shame, enough hurt, enough disappointment? I'm doing everything you're calling me to do. I'm in ministry. I'm serving you. I'm living right. I'm raising my children right. I'm a devoted wife. All these different things. And so when he was born, he had dilation in his kidney, and for two years, I would have to walk through a children's hospital, month after month, going through different things, watching him go through different um, dialysis and and pain things that he experienced. My hope was dying, watching that. And then at 37 later, on in life, um, same son, Jagger. I begin to notice spots all over his skin. So I'm like, maybe it's a rash, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a little rash. And so I begin to see all these spots and I'm like, they're multiplying and they're they're changing colors and they're changing shapes and this is not good. Something's going on in this child's body. And so I took him to the pediatrician and they're like, Hope, you know, we don't know what it is. I probably wouldn't be that afraid, that concerned about it. You know, I'm sure he'll grow out of it, it'll go away, but... You know, if you're that worried about it and they still keep multiplying, why don't you just go to the dermatologist and get it checked out? So I'm like, awesome, great. We'll go to the dermatologist. We'll get it checked out. Little did I know when I would go to the dermatologist that they would cut two spots off of his back that day. And little did I know that that doctor that day in that moment of time would look me in the eye and say, worst case scenario, Hope, it's leukemia. My hope died that day, so I'm here to tell you, what is God calling you to do? You see, through all those horrific things, through all that shame and regret and disappointment and loss, regardless of what you've lost or experienced in your life, whether it's something small are big in your life, regardless if you even know what God is asking you to do with your life and what direction you are to do with your life. God says that he is still a good God. God says that he is still a faithful God. The God that I serve says that there is still hope for you, regardless of what you have experienced in your life and the pain that you and I have gone through. But you know what I begin to find? I begin to find God. And you may say, Hope, that is crazy. Like, how could you know about God your whole life, race in the church, living your life, you're even working for a church 15, 16 years already, full-time in the ministry, doing all these different roles that God is asking you to do, and you're just now telling me that a couple years back, actually in the year of 2015, you actually found Christ. Absolutely. You see, growing up, I hated my name. <laughs> hated it. Sounds crazy, right? And maybe you're like that. Maybe you're like, why in the heck did my mom or dad or whoever grandmama, I don't know, name me this name. A few weeks ago I was actually having coffee with my mom and I never told her that I'd actually hated my name. We don't have a very strong relationship. And so, um, anyway, she, she, I was like, what made you and my father, you know, want to name me Hope? And she was like, basically, you know, it's that phrase, the Lord told us to, right? So she's like, the Lord told us to. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And she said, you know, actually, your dad said that one day before you were born and we were going to call you Hope, that you would communicate a message of hope, letting people know that there was hope for them. A few months ago, I was going through my dad's old stuff and sermon, and I actually found an article because he had like a magazine type thing. I found an article where he actually wrote in the article about me and there is hope. That was my junior year of high school. And so I'm here to tell you that regardless of all this questions and concerns and cares in your life, that God loves you. In fact, Romans 8 says, God has set his love on you. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you've experienced, what you've gone through, what you think you've lost, or even what you think people owe you. God says that he loves you so much that he comes after the loss. God says that he is seeking and saving the lost. And regardless of the tests and the trials and the hurt and the tribulations, regardless of what your story is, whether you like your name or not, God says because he has set his love on you, he has called you, he has equipped you, he has chosen you, he has anointed you, he has appointed you for a specific assignment here on the earth. And maybe you don't know what that is yet. Maybe you're like, Hope, I don't even have a clue where to start. I didn't either. In 2015, when I got serious with God, I poured out my heart to God and I said, God, if this is all that you have for my life, it's just... Here and now in Mississippi, doing what you're calling me to do at my local church, helping my husband, helping my pastor, raising my kids, whatever that looks like, then I will do it and I will continue to be steady and consistent and faithful with it, whatever the cost. You know I will because that was my track record even. I was faithful. I was dependable. They know they can count on me. They know I'll do whatever it takes to accomplish whatever it is that God puts on their heart, even before what God would ask me to do. But I knew something was coming. I knew a shift was coming. But see, all these years, I was living in fear. I knew I had a message to communicate, and I knew what the message I was called to communicate was a message of hope. Because hope is confident. Hope is unshakable, hope is unmovable, and once you actually start hoping the way that God wants you to hope and you make the choice to hope again, nothing can shake you. No bad report, no bad diagnosis. See, hope doesn't even change a bad diagnosis. Hope doesn't even change an unforeseen circumstance. You know what hope changes? You. Hope changes me. When you get serious about your relationship with God and it's more than just worship, it's more than just church on Sundays and Wednesday night youth group, and it's more than just a feel-good time, no hope says I'm going to surrender and lay down every single thing that you're asking me to do regardless of the price because it's more than position, it's more than title, it's more than anything like that. It's just to know you. And let me tell you something, when you make the choice to find hope, you find Christ. When you make the choice to say, you know what, regardless of anything that I've lost in my life, I'm going to choose to hope again. It's possible. I live it every day. Some of you, I've learned your situations through praying for you this weekend. Can I just say to put yourself in God's hands. Surrender to God. Because here's the thing people label us by our names and you know what sometimes they don't even always just label us by our names they label us by our mistakes we live in a day in society where people label us not just by our mistakes or sins and flaws or or shortcomings but we actually live in a state in a society where even people name us by our success they name us by our accomplishments but you know what the God that I serve the God that I poured my life and my heart out to in 2015 and every day since then, and gave everything for God and saying, God, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do, I am yours till the end. And when we make that commitment to choose hope and to have faith and to embrace our names, God can do a work. In fact, God says, he is the, thing, the one that changes everything. That song, Hope Found, Jesus, you change everything. That's the one thing I've learned about my life, and I'm, I'm not really that old. I mean, I'm 38, but you know, everybody's looking for hope. It doesn't matter where you know God or whether you don't. People want to hope again. It doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've lost. Something on the inside of a person wants to believe that there is still good in the world. Something on the inside wants to hope again. The thing that I love about Jesus is when he chose to call you whatever your name is, whatever my name is and means. God says that when we say each other's names, that we're actually... Calling them what that name means. See, when people say my name Hope, it's not just a name. When people say your name Addie or Joy or or whatever it is, they're actually calling you the meaning behind the name. Because there's power in your words. There's power in your voice. Even Jesus knew this and recognized this in the word of God. Jesus was in the name-changing business. Simon, he was a guy in the Bible, a disciple of Jesus, who spent every single waking hour as as much as possible to be in Jesus' presence, to know him. But you know what Simon means? It means a reed that is easily shaken. It's, It's easy to move. It's easy to disappoint. It's easy to give up and quit. And you know what? There's a thief out there. There's a thief out there, and he says that I am coming for you. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that tests and trials and sorrow are not coming. It's coming. But you know what? You are bigger than the thief that's coming. I am bigger than the thief that is coming because after that scripture, it says the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus Christ says that I have come. I have come that you may have life and not just any life, but live your life to the fullest. Jesus said, I have come so that you can know me. Because you carry something on your life that other people need to hear about. You carry something on your life, whether you realize it or not, whether you know what God is calling you to do or not, that people are watching and people are looking. And will you make a mistake? Yes. Will you let some people down? Yes. Will people say, I can't believe they did that? Absolutely. But you know what? You get back up, you pull yourself up, and you said, you know what, God, when I meet with you, you meet with me. And when I find my hope, I find Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, I have come to seek and save you. I have come that you may have life and have it in full. But you know what? You have to make that choice. I can't make that choice for you. I wish that I could. I wish that I could get in your space, wherever your space is. And when you're going through heartache and loss and failure and disappointment and grief, and say, you can do this. You can make this choice today to choose hope and move towards faith. Move towards the direction that God is calling you to move and walk in. But I can't make that choice for you. I'm asked the band to go ahead and come back up. I can't make that choice for you. My parents couldn't make that choice for me. Your pastor can't make that choice for you. There will be a time in your life and my life where we will have to come so intimate to know God. And it's more than just a show. Because right when you leave here from waves, the thief comes. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to try to immediately get you to give up and doubt yourself. Just like he, he told Peter, he said, you're easily shaken. But you know what God did with, with Simon? He, he changed his name from Simon to Peter because he didn't look at Peter in his mistakes. When God sees you, he doesn't see you as your failures. When God sees you, he doesn't label you as, yeah, yeah that's the girl. She lost her virginity. That's the girl who failed. That, that, that's the guy who just, he's got a horrible addiction to drugs You know, when God sees you and me, you know what he sees? He sees where we're going. He changed Simon's name to Peter. He changed Abram's name to Abraham. He changed Sarah's name to Sarah, the humble one. He changes names. Because he doesn't look at us in this moment, in this stage of life, and even in in where you're going right now. He doesn't label us as that. He labels us as what we're called to do with the assignment, where he's taking us, and what he wants us to do. But we have to make the choice. So I'm asking you, will you make the choice to hope again? Will you make the choice to not just hope again for yourself? But make the choice to hope again for the people that you are going to impact and that you are going to change for the gospel of Christ. Because Jesus is looking for those who will say, God, I want to be so in love with you. I want to know you deeply, intimately. I want to know you through the good times when I'm on the mountaintop and everything is soaring and moving in the right direction. I want to know you in the ugly times and the deepest, darkest valleys when I want to give up, when I want to quit. I want to know you. And hope rises up. And hope takes that step of faith. And hope conquers fear. And it moves towards the goal. It moves towards the assignment. It reaches down deep within. Some of you, God's talking to you right now. And you've lost a lot of things. You've gone through a lot of things. But you make that choice. You know what? It's not just making the choice once. See, the thing about all those things that I had lost and gone through on my journey where I felt like I lost hope and my hope died. I was able to get that blood transfusion and within 24 hours and I lived. I was able to go to Bible school and get my life right and God's mercy and grace showed upon me to graduate successfully from the school. I was able to step in regardless of losing a father of a very successful church and organization to step in and back my brother as that pastor help him fulfill what God was calling him to fulfill I was able to find the man of my dreams, Beefcake that's what I call him, Beefcake (laughs) and only God could have orchestrated that relationship and when the doctor said hope there's 99% chance that you'll ever have a baby I kept speaking hope I kept putting my faith out there, and my vision out there, and declared it for over a year, that God, I'm the pregnant one. You said it in your word that you give a person the desires of their heart, whatever it is. And he does, because hope is unstoppable. When you make that choice to not just base hope on a feeling. We throw that around, a feeling. I hope you get the job. I hope you marry the right one. I hope you get the, in, the income that you need. I hope that you marry the right one. I hope you graduate high school. I hope you get set free from that addiction. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is a decision. Hope is a choice. And after I had three kids, that person that I watched go into that treatment center and felt like they were losing their mind. And they even relapsed six months later. Now they're serving God again. They're not in that treatment center anymore. Through all these seasons, and through all those things where you have to make the choice, God is still faithful because God backs up his word. After my Jagger Woods, that's his name, Jagger Woods, his kidneys, no more dilation. Completely healed. Don't have to go to the children's hospital anymore. The spots, there's no cancer. There's not a trace of cancer. They can't find it. They they tried to look for it, shipped it off to doctors to Chicago and everywhere else. They can't even find it. My God, my God. My God does the impossible. My God says, when we put our hope in God, because He is our anchor, He is the one that I put my trust and my confidence every single day in, regardless of what it looks like. That my future is in His hands, and that Jesus is my forerunner, so I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to fear what's going to happen five days from now, ten months from now, years from now, because my hope is in Jesus Christ because he is my anchor and he is my forerunner. That just simply means God goes before me before I get to the next step and the next step and the next destination and the next path and the next plan and the purpose. My God, because I choose to hope in God, my God says, I've already paid it. I've already gone before you. I've already died for it. I just need you to walk in it. I just need you to move in it. I just need you to surrender all that you have and trust me with your very being. Give God your life. Give God your all. Put your trust in God. Put your hope in God. It will make a difference. It will make a difference. God, I pray tonight. You are good. You are faithful. You are good, God. You are a good 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 God. God. You are a good God, you are a good God, oh, you never change, you never leave us, God. You are a good God, you love us, Lord, you love us, Lord, oh, we trust in you, God. You deserve all the glory God we're nothing without you we are nothing without you Lord I thank you for each and every woman each and every girl each and every young lady in this place tonight whatever dreams whatever goals whatever gifts talents and abilities whatever callings whatever desires God whatever they've lost or experienced with shame or regret or disappointment you're bigger than the lost God and regardless of what they've lost, God, that you said in your word, that we, when we are anchored in your word and anchored in our relationship with you, that no matter what we face, there is hope, Father. And God, I thank you that even as they leave this place, God, that you walk with them, that you go before them, you talk with them in the cool of the day and in the dark of the night, that you are there with them, surrounding them with the right relationships, the right path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com, and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.